0: Linda Biasetos.
1: Hey, folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Biasetos. I'm your host today. Thanks so much for carving some time out of your busy day to spend with me. Today we're going to talk about children's education. In specific, we're going to talk about the STEM programs. I uh, recently read an article that went like this. Between 2017 and 2027, The number of STEM jobs will grow 13% compared to 9% for non-STEM jobs, with positions in computing, engineering, and advanced manufacturing leading the way. It went on to say, STEM is important. STEM is an economic driver. Keep that in mind as we go through today's interview. STEM is an economic d- driver. STEM presents opportunity. We need to prepare way more students to meet such an opportunity. So today my guest is Danny Park. He is the founder of RoboThink, which is the leading children's STEM education franchise with over 100 global locations across nine countries. In 2019, RoboThink won the Governor's X Award from the from the state of Illinois in recognition of its achievements in global exporting. So help me in welcoming Danny to the show. Danny, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Linda. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I am
1: doing. I am doing well. I'm really excited to hear about this, Uh, Danny. What is your background and At what point did you see a need to create a company like RoboThink?
2: Sure. So um, just to introduce myself, you know, I'm Danny. I'm the uh, CEO founder here at RoboThink Franchising Corporation. And um, actually my background is in accounting. I graduated um, from Rutgers University um, as an accountant.
0: Um,
2: And uh, right after I graduated, um, I got to kind of uh, travel a little bit. And... um, uh, I visited Korea, which is uh the place I was born, and I saw that there was a lot of robotics and coding education programs there. um I visited some schools and I also saw that kids were learning coding in schools, which was something that i've never seen before um so that's what really kind of got me thinking you know uh, the, all these other countries you know that are you know masters of exporting you know uh, electronics and vehicles and you know advanced medical devices. Um, you know, what, what makes them really so successful. Um, and it kind of realized, oh, it's, you know, because of their education system. Um, you know, from an early age, um, you know, kids have a chance to use uh, coding, um, learn coding from teachers, uh, learn about, you know, robotics and how motors and sensors work. And um, I wanted to kind of bring that into the U.S. Uh, where I really felt that there wasn't any opportunities like this for kids here. Um, and that's what got me kind of really thinking about, uh, you know, maybe we should start a, a education business for kids, um, you know, at an mm-hmm. early age, as young as five. Um, and, you know, what they say, the younger you introduce kids to certain topics, um, the more it manifests, and, you know, hopefully they uh, kind of choose a career path for it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how I started with RoboThink in uh, late 2015. Um, and, you know, the classes that we ran in Chicago were just wildly popular, um, you, know, the, you know, the parents really loved it, and it's, you know, it's a fun course for kids, you know, they, um, mm-hmm. they have, same time, they don't realize that they're learning, so it's one of those few education topics where it's really at the intersection of, um, you know, good for your brain, but fun at the same mm-hmm. time. So, um, Danny,
1: tell me, what yeah. is it about RoboThink that um, parents, par- gra- parents gravitated to, um, did do they see that ju- it's just a, uh, a playground, or do they actually see the value that RoboThink is bringing to the kids?
2: Oh, definitely the value. Um, so in terms of kind of the education that we do, um, it's a little bit different from everyone else. We kind of, you know, got together a team of university researchers. And we basically tried to find out the question of, you know, what really makes, a genius person, um, you know, mm-hmm. like the genius players or the genius mathematicians. And it's not really their, you know, oh, you know, they were just born with amazing math skills. It was, you know, it's cultivated, um, but these people have a very good specific set of mental skills, things like critical thinking, things like spatial awareness, um, problem-solving skills. And, the The kids that were able to practice these uh, practice these skills at an early age um you know not only helped them become successful in whatever subject that they decided to pursue um, but it helped it was very multidisciplinary, so you know they were better readers, they were better musicians um, and they could think much faster and quicker than you know other students um so our company really focuses on developing those type of skills. Now we are a stem education mm-hmm. company but we really try to get into the science of what makes smart kids and what makes smart adults. Um, and it turns mm-hmm. out it's those crucial skills at an early age. Um, so wow. a lot of our product, our education software, our curriculum, is really kind of designed around nurturing and developing those skills. Yeah.
1: So um, tell me then a little bit, Danny, about how you how you um, actually educate the kids. What does
2: that look like? What is – Is it after school programs? What does it look like? Yeah, so we have year round programs. Um, We do have after school programs in the summer and spring seasons when kids are in school. Um, Summer camps are very, very popular as well. Um, You know, parents are dying to get their kids out of the house, so we have half day or full day summer camps. We also do STEM themed birthday parties, um, workshops, um, you know, uh, programs together with schools. Um, so a wide variety of different programs. And, you know, a, a student would come in and, you know, they would select from a catalog of different courses that might interest them. So some of them might be, you know, battle robots or, you know, spaceship engineering or, you know, construction machine engineering. Um, so we have themes that are designed to kind of excite kids so, um, so that they're interested in the courses. And once they come in, um, we have a proprietary actually robotics kit that we've developed. Um, so, these really cool building blocks that help nurture those spatial awareness skills, those critical thinking skills. Um, you know all of our trained instructors um, follow along our really fun curriculum so you know throughout the course of a space camp, for example, uh, we take a look at through you know different rovers that Mars may have sent out um, and we try to rebuild some of those using electric motors and sensors. Um, and what's really cool is that kids, you know, again, as young as five, can actually get started with this, and it's really cool to mm-hmm. see kids really embracing it and talking to their parents about it, you know, showing off what they built. So that's what like a typical RoboThink class is like. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds like Legos on steroids. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's just it's really, really fun for kids. That's the best part of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, Damy, let's talk a little bit about the franchise opportunity. Um, when you're looking at prospective franchisees, are you looking at uh, computer, someone with a computer science degree? Are you looking for uh, someone who is a mechanical engineer? What are you looking for
2: as a franchisee? Um, so, actually, none of those. Um, what we really try to um, prioritize in terms of the skill set is, you know, prior business experience, marketing experience, networking experience, because um, our franchise is actually a mobile concept. So, that means that we work together with local schools, local YMCAs, or local park districts, and um we become a vendor to them to offer our different range of STEM programs. So to be able to do that, you need to have excellent, you know, networking abilities. Um you know, you need to be able to uh get out there and essentially um you know talk with PTO PTA members or school principals. Um so really in our franchise system, the people that I've really seen succeed and the people that we try to bring on board are again like the people with business experience. They may have run you know other you know businesses like restaurants before. Um, um, people that might have done marketing or sales um, because those are the people that really tend to succeed with our system.
1: So when um, you said that it's a mobile um, um, concept, so it's not a brick and mortar.
2: No, actually, no. Yeah. Um, it's actually uh, we have RoboLink branded cars and they go out to, uh, yeah, the different third-party locations. Uh, it's a community business. And, um it's uh and that means that's a much lower cost of entry into the education franchise space as well.
1: Mhm. So what um, if they don't if someone doesn't have the experience right. and they have maybe owned another business before not in the same industry what kind of training do you offer them?
2: So the training is uh 5 days long. It takes place at our corporate headquarters here in Chicago. Um, And uh, we go through the A to Z of everything, Um, everything from marketing to operations to how to use the curriculum, the products, the software. And um, uh, over the course of the five days, you know, they also hop into the classes, um, work as teachers so they can see, you know, what type of teachers we are supposed to hire, how we're supposed to train them. And that's kind of what takes place over those five days. Um, But what's also really uh, special about our franchise system is that uh, we also offer um, sales support for franchisees as well. So we have sales staff here at at our corporate office um, that will assist with our franchisees in reaching out to those local schools and PTOs and PTAs to try to get those vendor contracts in place.
1: Oh, nice, nice. So you talked about teachers. When a franchisee is looking to open a territory, how many teachers should they anticipate or plan to have on board? Uh, Because it sounds like you guys already start marketing the area and reaching out to those organizations. So they could have um, a prospective contract
2: in hand when they open the doors, right? Yep. We try to get at least five schools, um, five park districts, and three YMCAs by the time they finish the training. Um, So that way, you know, they can get back and immediately start, you know, scouting teachers. Um, So, you know, the teachers are able to travel around. Um, So typically we start with a team of around three to four part-time teachers, Um, but uh, our territory sizes are actually fairly large. It encompasses multiple zip codes and the guidelines that we use is around 100 elementary and middle schools, so that mm-hmm. would also account for multiple townships. So it also gives our you know franchisees some breathing room to not only you know work on their local towns but neighboring towns as well. So you know in the peak season in the summers, you know there's typically around 20 to 30 teachers actually running around running our different uh, summer programs.
1: Wow. So when you're talking about starting off. Maybe three to five teachers, and then uh, ramping up to about 20 during the summertime. Training provided the teacher training provided by you guys.
2: Um, so we basically train the trainers, um, but we have a you know a wealth of education material for staff. So everything from uh, teacher uniforms to training videos. Um, And we script out a lot of the classes as well. So it's not too dependent on kind of, you know, what type of person is running the class. So if you Mm -hmm. kind of take a detailed curriculum, and that's, again, something that, um, you know, really separates us from our competitors is that uh, we have very detailed guidelines on how to run everything, everything from, you know, how to introduce yourself to the kids, um, what to say, uh, you know, how much time should be dedicated towards each activity, um, so it's very kind of guideline in the way that we do things. Mm-hmm. Teachers, you know, with around four to five hours of training, and just like the franchisees, the teachers actually don't need a STEM background as well. What we really look for are passionate, energetic teachers that can really excite a group of kids. Um, and mm-hmm. we actually train on how to do the robotics and coding because it's actually not too hard. Um, you, know, uh, uh, for, uh, you know, even for me, I, as a, I'm an accountant by trade. But I was surprised that, you know, oh, it's actually not that hard to learn about coding or, you know, how motors mm. work or how works work. Um, so it's actually easier to teach teachers about those things than trying to do it the other way around, taking an engineer mm. and teaching them about how with kids.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely, because either you have the knack of working with kids or you don't, and that you can't teach, can you?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, some people are yeah. just born, yeah, that knack for kids, yeah, yeah kids graduate yeah definitely.
1: So, um, I know that you have an international presence. Tell me about how that came about.
2: Absolutely. So um, American education materials and curriculum is actually very world class in the international space. So if you go to countries like China or you know or Japan or Korea. Um, you know, you'll often find that there's a big demand for American education products and services and curriculum and software. Um, It's something that we do very well here. Um, So there's a lot of private education academies um, that, you know, actually fly teachers from the U.S. to Korea or Japan or China um, and teach English there. Um, there is a big demand for, you know, flashcards or clocks, you know, uh, classroom clocks, um, just mm-hmm. things like that. So, American education is in very big demand. Um, now, because STEM education is so prioritized there, um, was, I was really surprised to see that in Korea, for example, kids, uh, it's a it's a requisite for graduation uh, in middle school that kids um, graduate with uh, knowing how to code. Um, wow. Now, now that's, Big demand for STEM education there. Naturally, franchise investors and private academy owners are looking at okay, so what's available in the US that we can bring here? Because parents will really like American STEM education. Um, so I think we've been kind of riding on the wave of that. Um, and we started our international franchising program in 2016 um, through a Master of Franchising. Um, and it has really taken off in Southeast Asia, in um, East Asia. Uh, we have a fantastic partner in China who owns, you know, already around 600 locations of a Maijin franchise. And oh. um, he bought uh, the Master franchise for all of China. Um, and they were able to actually open around 50 locations in the matter of three months. Um, so oh. that just really shows you know, how much demand there is for American STEM education products and services in those countries. Um, but not only in Asia, if we kind of take a look outside as well, um, you know, it's a global, uh, it's a global change, like what's happening, um, you know, because we're living in, um, you know, a an industrial revolution. We're very fortunate to be living in the middle of one. I um, mean, you know, the last one was, uh, you know, the industrial revolution in England that really uh, brought us mass manufacturing. And before that, you know, it was the agricultural revolution. Um, Now we're in the middle of a fourth industrial revolution, which is automation and robotics coming into the workforce. So, you know, and it's touching every sector of the economy, you know, whether you're an accountant, an attorney, a medical doctor, or even a factory worker, um, all of those things can be replaced. So the governments that are very proactive about where, um, you know, the uh, global economy is headed towards, Um, they're investing tremendous amount of time and money into making sure that their working population is properly equipped for this changing, you know, 21st century economy. Um, So it's not only in Asia, but in Europe, um, in the Middle East, especially, where countries are really trying to um, diversify away from petrochemicals, um, uh, where, you know, basically any economy that wants to grow, um, there is a demand for STEM education. So I think we've been also riding on the wave of this global, you know, phenomenon of, you know, interest in STEM education, uh, which, you know, is um, is what investors are looking for. Sure, sure.
1: So uh, for those of you listening to this recording, uh, today is October the 6th of 2020. So with that said, Danny, how has the pandemic impacted your uh, delivery of your, your products? Uh, and did you see that it impacted different countries
2: differently? Um, absolutely. So we actually had very early warning of this back in January when um, the coronavirus was breaking out in China. And, you know, they were one of the first countries to basically lock down and quarantine. Um, so obviously, you know, um, you know, with global travel and you know, the interconnected global economy, it's only a matter of time before this kind of hits the rest of the world. Um, so we kind of had an early warning from our China locations, you know, saying, oh, we, you know, the government's basically closing down most private businesses that are non-essential. And um, we need to kind of transition our business model um, to accommodate. Um, So in January, we actually started to uh, develop online versions of our programs, Uh, and we were very fortunate that we had an international presence where we could kind of get an early warning and see what the effects on our business model were from the coronavirus. Um, So by the time, uh, you know, the coronavirus hit here in March and um, we were going into lockdown, we were actually ready to go with um, transitioning all of our franchise locations into an online business model. So we were working with the same schools, the same park districts, um, the same community centers. And the only difference is that the programs that we're offering are not inside, um, you know, the recreation center rooms, but in virtual STEM classrooms that we've developed. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, I think we were very fortunate to know about it early and adapt very quickly. And by the time it hit, um, we were ready with product offerings um, that were virtual uh, way faster than a lot of our competitors. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm proud to say uh, we've had no franchise closures. And the nice thing about the mobile business is also the overhead is very low. Um, there's mm-hmm. no fixed, you have to pay more um, utilities. Um, so it's uh, very easy to just wind down the operations um, and just kind of, uh, you know, be in standby mode, offering online courses um, until, you know, the vaccines are developed and, you know, things start returning to normal.
1: -hmm. So, have you started phasing back in the mobile units?
2: Yes. So, um, in Chicago, uh, we ran our summer classes, um, but we released guidelines on um, how to operate and, uh, you know, with social distancing procedures. So, um, all of the teachers received refresher training on making sure kids are staying six feet apart. Uh, We're limiting the size of our classes to 10 to 15 students maximum um mm-hmm. all the students have masks uh, we've equipped all of our teachers with thermostats so we're checking temperatures as they come in um mm-hmm. and it was probably our best summers yet um, i think a lot of parents were just uh dying to get their kids out of the house um you know because <laughs> yeah stuck <with> the <laughs> yeah yeah plus the kids
1: were probably dying to get out of the house as well right
2: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so um yeah, you know, yeah. I think um, yeah, it was good for everybody. It was a break for parents and it was a break for students as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I tell you what, Danny. We I need to take a quick commercial break, but I would love to hear some stories of um, either some of the kids or the franchisees uh, that uh, that RoboThink has actually touched their lives. So, do you have some stories you could share with us when we come back?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Wonderful. So I'm going to take a real quick commercial break, and we will be back with more from Danny Park with RoboThink. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house, from tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com.
0: Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballestatos is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at empowerfranchiseconsulting.com
1: 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We're here with Danny Park of RoboThink. So Danny, I'd ask if you had some stories. So do you have anything that you can share with us?
2: Yeah, so I guess let's start with, you know, a student, for example, um, because we are an education company for kids after all, um, you know, I I would say the most rewarding part about my job and what we do as a company is the impact that we make on students every day. I mean, it's so great to see students getting excited about learning um, and kind of, you know, finding a passion for, you know, something because we're a little bit non-traditional, again, in the way we do things, um, you know, especially, kids are so used to kind of, you know, rote memorization and, you know, where instructor-led classes kind of tell them what to do. Um, But in our classrooms, you know, they take a little bit of a break from that where it's self-directed and they follow along a similar, you know, a really fun theme and they work at their own comfortable pace. Um, So we've had, uh, you know, I would say probably my best example is, um, you know, we've had a student that's been attending our classes for nearly three years now and um, at the beginning, you know, um, he was very shy. Um, you know, he didn't really speak well. His parents let us know that, you know, uh, my, you know my kid is really shy. He, does, he doesn't work well in groups. And, um, you, know, uh, you know, can you, uh, you know, just, just be on the lookout for that. Um, so he attended our, one of our summer camps, I believe, in a city called Evanston. Uh, we worked together with the city of Evanston to offer programs there. And, you know, the difference – that we saw in these five days, just five days of instruction um, uh, from him really being shy to on the end of the fifth day, you know, running up to his parents saying like, Hey, look what I built today. You know, these are how gears work. These are how motors work. Um, Mm -hmm. It was really cool to see because again, it's not in a regular school environment. It's kind of, you know, I think it's one of those instances where he found out that, okay, um, you know, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at English, but Hey, this robotics thing, I might have a knack for it.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, so, yeah, so he's been attending all of our classes since then. And he's gotten to the point where he knows our system even, you know, as, as well as our product designers and our curriculum developers. And he's taken some of our bricks and the motors and built things that we didn't even think about. Like he's built a printer. He's literally out of these building bricks. Um, and he coded it so that it writes letters or he built musical instruments using sensors, um, and I was just blown away by it and, because it was something that we as adults wouldn't have even conceived or even have thought about. But here's this kid uh, with just, you know, one and a half experience of learning robotics, and he's just taking our products in directions that we never thought about. And we've you know, it almost him.
1: sounds, Danny, like you have, you've tapped into a creativity that even he didn't know he had.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was so, it was so warming to see, um, you know, just mm. able to come out of his shell and really find a passion that he liked. Um, uh-huh. And what's really cool is that some of his robot designs, we've actually turned into lesson plans. And, you know, we told wow. him, hey, there's – 50,000 kids around the world every day. That's actually building something that you've built here. And there's a picture of him um, on the curriculum that's sent out to China, to Korea, to the Middle East, to mm-hmm. Europe, um, to se- uh, Central America. Um, and, and kids as far away on the opposite side of the world now are kind of sharing in that passion that, you know, he discovered. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, and that just boosted his confidence level, um, you know, a lot more. Um, you know, his parents really love the way, you know, that, you know, his kid, you know, their kids responding to the courses. Um, and he really wants to become an electrical engineer now when he grows up. Um, wow. And so, do you think
1: he would have even considered that without this opportunity, Danny?
2: No. Yeah. Because of the way our schooling works, it just doesn't leave that much room for, you know, individual thinking or self-guided learning. Um, mm-hmm. So nice to see, you know, and, you know, we have a lot of case stories like that with our students. Um, Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: that's the best part of the job as a business owner of the franchise concept, but for franchise owners as well. um, You know, they always tell me about stories about, you know, the kids that they've done and, you know, it's, it's very rewarding. It's very fulfilling kind of being in the space Mm -hmm. that we are. Oh, lovely. Great story. Absolutely.
1: So do you have a story maybe about a franchisee that you've worked with? Yeah. So um,
2: I guess we can go a little bit international for that. Um, So uh, like I mentioned before, we do have a master franchise program. And, um, you know, our master franchise in Malaysia, uh, he also comes from a similar background like me. He's an accountant. Uh, He never ran his own business before, uh, but he saw that there was an opportunity for STEM education in Malaysia as well. So he reached out to us, you know, he was interested in the franchise concept. Um, but, you know, starting a business, you know, whether it's a franchise or it's your own, you know, it's a very daunting idea, um, especially if you're coming in from a full-time job. Um, you know, uh-huh. there's a of on the risk around it. Um, and he was on the fence for around a year. And, um, you know, we had to basically tell him, you know, you know the, the reward is on the other side of risk. Um, you know, you, you sometimes you have to make that leap of faith, um, to get into business ownership, um, because that's what really separates full-time wage workers versus the entrepreneurs, the business owners. And, um, you know, he decided, you know what, I'm going to take the leap. Um, you know, let's see what happens. Let's, uh, you know, let's go, let's go into it. And, um, know, just. You know, uh, you know, we helped along, well, you know, helped him. you know, every step of the way, you know, in terms of the training, um, you know, we were there for his grand opening and he signed three franchise agreements on that first day, which gave him his uh, return on investment on the master franchise fee. Um, and he's actually grown to around 12 units since then in Malaysia. So uh, wow. you know, the last time is, you know, you know, what do you think would have happened if you didn't take that leap of faith, you know? Uh, you know, just, it's just two years ago. Uh, you know, what what type of life would you be leading then versus what you're doing now? And, you know, he said, you know, that was exactly right. Um, you know, it's just, you have to get over that initial fear of, you know, business ownership. There is a lot of ifs and uncertainties, but sometimes you just have to make that leap of faith and just go into it, you know, through the brick wall, head force, and, you know, just get on the ground and start working on your own business. Um, mm-hmm. And, those success stories are also what really kind of motivates me and really excites me about franchising. Um, you know, it, it touches so many lives on a professional and on an adult level as well, um, really changing their lives from, you know, going from a corporate job into business ownership. Uh, but you know what they say about franchising, you know, you're in business for yourself, but never by yourself. Um, because you right. know, he always has a team that he relies upon. questions or new curriculum or new software or new developments, new marketing materials. Um, And, you know, that's what I really love about franchising. Um, You know, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of entrepreneurship. Um, You know, like, you know, franchises statistically have a less, uh, you know, have a much less uh, failure rate than a person going into business for themselves. And we're able to succeed and grow together as a partnership. Um, So, I guess that would be one of those, you know, success stories that we really like. Um, and uh-huh. you know, in, in our system, I'm really proud to say as well. You know, we've grown to over 150 locations worldwide, um, and we have, have not had uh, no closures, uh, wow. no franchises left the system yet. And I think that speaks volumes about the systems and the pro and, and the support that we provide. And you know, like I mentioned, we have a philosophy of every franchise being a business partner, not a franchise or franchisee relationship, but a business partner where we can communicate about the negatives or the positives of the system and really work together to grow the brand together. Sure.
1: It also says a lot as well, Danny, as it being um, a great opportunity uh, for financial freedom as well. Uh, It does have that, the aspect of helping, giving back, and um, And the franchisee feeling fulfilled at the end of the day that they've delivered a product or service that has changed somebody's life. But if the financial opportunity wasn't there, they wouldn't continue with it. So that speaks a lot for that as
2: well. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Danny, if somebody is listening right now and they want to know more about RoboThink,
2: how would they go about doing that? Yeah, so um, if they want to find out more about the franchise opportunity, um, just head to myrobothink.com, M-Y-R-O-B-O-T-H-I-N-K.com, or they can shoot over an email to our uh, chief development officer, Alex DePace, at Alex, A-L-E-X, at robothinkfranchise.com.
1: Wonderful. So we're down to those final three questions here, Danny. The first one is, If there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process?
2: Um, I think they really need to kind of do a little bit of soul searching first. It's not about the financials. Um, I mean, that is important, but that's always the second step. The first step, you always have to realize, am I ready for business ownership, um, for the uncertainties of it, for the risks of it? You know, why do I want to get into business ownership? You know, am I looking for more time in my day? Am I looking for more financial freedom? Um, and I believe those questions have to be answered first because, um, you know, starting a business is not easy. Um, you know, it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of sweat, blood, and tears. Um, and for you to be able to kind of jump into that and work on that every day um, for how many, however many years you decide to own the business for, Um, You need to have those kind of internal questions answered. Um, That's going to give you the strength to power through the hard times, celebrate the good times, and really develop the brand and the business um, on a long-term scale. Um, So I would say that preparation is just as important as the financial preparation um, when you're uh, considering purchasing a franchise.
1: Yeah, when I'm working with someone, I tell them right up front, this is not for the faint at heart yes. uh, because, you know, it, it really isn't. It is work. Just because you've purchased um, a franchise and a a territory, that doesn't mean that the minute you hang your shingle out that you're going to have a line of people standing outside the door. It just doesn't work that way. So I'm glad that you you uh, also think that's that's important as well. So the second question here, Danny, is what are two traits that make a successful
2: franchisee? Um, I know we kind of touched upon this before, um, mm-hmm. but the successful franchisees that I've seen are kind of like the go-getters. Um, they have that fire in their bellies. Um, they're willing to go out, you know, make, you know, pick up the phone and make that extra call um, because it's their business. At the end of the day, right, um, it's, you know, it's their business, it's their livelihood. So, you know, the ones that are excellent networkers, the excellent excellent marketers, they have that passion for business, they want to grow their business, you know, and outside of their territories, they're considering multi-units after they've succeeded in the first one. Um, you know, you can really tell, uh, you know, when you're on a franchise call between the people that have the fire in their bellies versus kind of, you know, the passive people that they don't. Um, and the ones that have a fire in their bellies, um, you know, they're the ones that really take the system and the brand, you know, to new heights. Yeah.
1: And it it, it doesn't mean that they don't have fear as they're doing it. No. Uh, everybody is stepping outside their comfort zone. But for some, um, they step out quicker. They're, I won't say braver, but they just jump out. And that makes yeah. a big difference.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. They have yeah. the confidence in themselves, and um, you know, yeah, like I mentioned, you know, they're just out there and you know, just putting the pedal to the metal, and you know, just getting it every day. Um, so those mm-hmm. that type of fire um, is really what we look for in all of our franchises.
1: Yeah, very good. So the the final question here is. What does the future of franchising look like?
2: Um, I think it looks very, very bright, um, you know, because entrepreneurship is getting a lot more traction these days. I mean, it's, I'm I'm not sure if you've ever seen Shark Tank, um, but there's derivative of that, you know, globally as well in in England and in Saudi Arabia and China. Um, So a lot of people, especially the younger generation that are coming out of college or, you know, they, um, they're looking for entrepreneurship as an alternative to, you know, a college and, um, you know, a full-time job. Um, so I believe that, you know, the more entrepreneurship is in the national and the global spotlight, um, uh, you know, what's the next step after you decide to own your own business? Um, it's naturally franchising. I mean, because why wouldn't you want the, the training and established brand Um, the franchises themselves have gone through a lot of permutations of this works, this doesn't, this works, this doesn't, and they've kind of boiled that down into operations manuals and training manuals. Um, So, you know, for the smart investors, um, the franchising is a much faster and a safer way to get into entrepreneurship. Um, So I, I believe that, you know, the more entrepreneurs there are and the more that it's kind of permeating through our popular culture, Um, the more people will be driven towards franchises um, because it just makes financial and business sense to do.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And the franchisor many times has spent years in perfecting the system. And a good franchisor continues to perfect as you go along, whereas if it's your business, um, you just don't have the bandwidth to do it. Uh, The franchisor has just done so much prior to that. Wouldn't you agree?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those rare instances where both parties, franchisors and franchisees, are financially and economically incentivized to improve the system. Um, So Mm -hmm. in a great franchise system, you'll see a lot of communication between franchisor and franchisees and franchisees with other franchisees on, you know, how do we better the system? I've tried this, and it worked really well. I tried that, and it didn't work really well. So it's not only yourselves, but there are hundreds of other people every day that are looking to improve the system. And that type of, you know, that type of communication and collaboration is really unmatched anywhere.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, most definitely.
1: Danny, we're down to the end of the show. One more time, if someone's listening and they want inf- more information about RoboThink,
2: where would they go? Um, yeah, so to find out more uh, information about the RoboThink franchise opportunity, um, just head to www.myrobothink.com or uh, shoot our uh, chief development officer, Alex, DePace an email at alex at and we'd be more than happy, uh, happy to uh, talk to you about the franchise opportunity.
1: Wonderful. Danny, thanks again for being on the show today. I love uh, this, the conversation, and I'm sure the listeners did as well. Thanks again.
2: Thank you, Linda. Have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: I will. Thank you. So, folks, I hope you see that, as I mentioned early on, that this is important. This is critical. The rest of the world sees the value in STEAM programs, STEM programs. And we need to get on board with that if we're going to stay, uh, stay ahead or even keep up with the rest of the world. So I want to leave you with this quote. It's by an unknown author. It goes like this. Education is the passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to those prepared for it, preparing for it today. So prepare those kids for tomorrow because we don't get a second chance at that. Thanks again, folks, for joining me on All Things Franchising, and I'll see you next time.
0: Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.